Welcome to the conversation at airsafe.com. I'm your host, Todd Curtis. On March 18, 2019, I had a conversation with KIQI Radio of San Francisco, where we discussed some of the ongoing issues with the recent crash of an Ethiopian Airlines 737 MAX. Bueno, pues damas y caballeros, ahora nos vamos al serio tema de Boeing y del FAA y los aviones. Claro, Marcos, y como mencionamos en la mañana, eh, se recobró la caja negra del avión de las aerolíneas etiopianas. Tenemos en la línea al señor Todd Curtis, él es experto en aviación de airsafe.com y a él siempre le hablamos cuando ocurre este tipo de situaciones. Le damos la bienvenida. Good afternoon, Mr. Todd Curtis. Welcome to the program. How are you? Oh, good afternoon. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much. So we were uh, we were reading the, the story earlier this morning that according to uh, Transportation Minister of Ethiopia, the initial information gathered from the black box of the ill-fated Ethiopian Airlines that crashed last week um, is very similar to the other accident, the Lion Air accident crash last month that, you know, combined both have killed a total of 346 people. What have you heard of these findings from this black box? What can you tell us about that? ¿Qué nos puede decir acerca de lo que se encontró en estas cajas negras? Go ahead. Well, by international agreement, the Ethiopian authorities are in charge of the investigation. And that's the first official word I've heard that there is a direct relationship between the Lion Air crash of October 2018 in the Ethiopian crash of last week. And that's a very bad sign for the 737 MAX. Mm. Dice de que eh, hay una in, un acuerdo internacional y que en este momento los que están a cargo de esta investigación son las autoridades de Etiopía. Ellos son los responsables. Y que es la primera vez que él escucha o sabe de que hay similitudes entre los dos choques. Eh, y dice de que de ser cierto, esto es una muy, pero muy mala noticia para Boeing en este momento, para esa aerolínea. Now, from what I understand, early in the uh, second accident, we were talking about the fact that on this new airplanes, uh, 737 MAX 8, I believe, Eight and nine, the, the, the motor had been engrandized, which means, uh, you know, had been made a little bit bigger, and I think that uh, it had to be moved, uh, because they wanted a bigger airplane to carry more people and as a consequence uh, it became more sensitive and now the sensors overreact what can you tell us without getting too technical about the situation well you're correct it is a different engine it's a more fuel efficient engine but it's also a bigger engine so they had to move the engine more forward they had to make the landing gear longer to accommodate the engine and as a result because it's further out Whenever you add more thrust, it pitches the airplane up. And that's what the automated system was supposed to do, to pitch the airplane down just a little bit when it pitches up. The automated system is pitching it down way too much. And, uh, and, and, and from what I understand, let me translate that. Y damas y caballeros, ya habíamos hablado sobre este tema, ¿verdad? De que a consecuencia de que querían cargar más pasajeros en los más nuevos modelos del 737, pusieron una máquina más, más grande y la subieron un poquito para arriba, para el frente, ¿ya? El motor, yeah. Entonces, eh, como consecuencia, eh, pues el avión tendía a subirse, a, a irse de pique, pero para arriba. Entonces, los sensores de la computadora, aparentemente para 
reajustar, lo estaban aventando mucho para abajo y eso aparentemente es el problema el que causó estos dos accidentes. Now, from what I understand, the FAA, and this is the criticism that we're listening to now, the FAA, which is the company, the, organ, the uh, governmental agency that is supposed to uh, regulate uh, Boeing, was giving too much power to the industry to regulate itself, and as a consequence, it seems like Boeing and the FAA knew about this problem after the first crash, but they were willing to expose a lot of people. Uh, and even after the second crash, they, they, they felt that the pilots would be able to adjust. What can you say about that? Well, they were aware of a problem after the first crash in October. And Boeing made a lot of changes, including changes to the software, which still have to be put in the planes, and changes in training. So all the 737 MAX pilots around the world were now aware of what happened in Indonesia, and they thought that they would have enough insight to be able to deal with the problem if the problem happened again. It looks like the same problem happened again, and the Ethiopian crew, which had been briefed on the system, still couldn't overcome the problem. Y obviamente, ¿verdad? El caballero eh, dice que Boeing y el FAA, que es el Federal Aviation Agency, eh, sabían del problema después del primer incidente que ocurre en Indonesia. Eh, y ellos pensaban, ¿verdad? Y por eso es que pusieron nuevas computadoras eh, para ajustar los sensores. Ellos pensaron que los pilotos... Ah, y les dieron entrenamiento a los pilotos y pensaron que los pilotos iban a poder ajustar esto. Obviamente hubo un segundo, no pudieron hacerlo. And, but, but to my question, eh, is it that the FAA is giving too much of the regulatory powers over to the industry? The FAA has all the regulatory power. What they've given to the industry is the ability to check that the regulations are being followed. Rather than having FAA trained engineers, they would have industry engineers, in this case Boeing, who get paid by Boeing, but who report to the FAA to act in place of the FAA. And some have said this is a bad system. That's the system I saw when I worked at Boeing on the 777 project. And it was a, a system that worked very well. Y damas y caballeros, le pregunto yo, ¿verdad? Porque es la última crítica, ¿verdad? Que ahora se le está criticando al Federal uh, uh, Aviation Administration or Agency que le estaban dando mucho poder, Isabel, de regulación a la propia industria. Entonces el caballero me dice que sí, efectivamente, en lugar de utilizar ingenieros del FAA, estaban utilizando ingenieros de Boeing para arreglar este problema, pagados por Boeing. Entonces ese es el mismo sistema que él bajo el cual él trabajaba en el sistema triple 7 y dice que eso había hasta, hasta este momento había trabajado bien y obviamente en esta ocasión no lo hizo. How new are these 737 Max and what are the similarities with with the new with the uh, regular 737s? Any? Well, the planes are very new. They were only certified for use by airlines in the early part of 2017. The plane that crashed in Ethiopia was actually delivered to Ethiopia about three weeks after the crash in Indonesia. And the Indonesian plane and the Ethiopian plane were both very new, less than a year and a half old. 
Wow. Entonces dice que estos aviones son muy, pero muy nuevos y que en el 2017 se dio la autoridad para poderlos usar en Etiopía. Este avión en particular se le fue entregado a ese país tres semanas después del choque del primero en Indonesia. So, what, why have they made them different than the regular 737s? Did you say they're more fuel efficient? Is that what you were saying? That's the biggest difference. The biggest technological difference is the plane burns about 15% or less uh, fuel per passenger mile. So this means the airplane can fly further. And this means that the airlines could make more money with the same number of people. It's very similar to the most recent 737-800, about the same size, but with different engines. That's the biggest difference. Plus that control system, which has been causing the problems. Ok, so le estoy preguntando cuál es la diferencia, primeramente, entre el 737 regular y el máximo. Obviamente, lo, lo más, lo principal es que usan menos, menos, menos gas, menos petróleo, lo cual quiere decir que pueden hacer más dinero, y esa es la diferencia, pero son bastante eh, similares al regular 737. Do you feel that the pilots have gotten enough training on these? Because of what happened in Ethiopia, I say they, no, they have not gotten enough training. Uh, the pilots were briefed with what they thought was enough information for them to respond to a malfunctioning system. According to the Ethiopians, they say this system malfunctioned in the same way. So whatever training was given, in my opinion, was inadequate for them to deal with the situation. Le pregunto si cree que estos pilotos tienen suficiente eh, entrenamiento para poder lidiar con estos nuevos, estos nuevos aviones. Dice que no, que viendo lo que pasó en Etiopía, aparentemente no. Sí han sido instruidos en cómo viaja, eh, manejarlos, pero no tienen la experiencia necesaria. Y ahora, y ahora Boeing ha prometido ¿verdad? que van a arreglar el problema dentro de ciertas semanas. Right. So now Boeing has uh, agreed or has promised that they would be solving the problem in a few months or in a few weeks. Uh, I can't remember if it was weeks. What, what what direction do you think they will have to go? Well, the problem that they were trying to solve, changing the software, the major problem, they had actually been working on that for several weeks now. And the plan was to start putting this in airplanes within a few weeks. Because of the crash that happened, they may still do it on the same schedule, but I believe they'll have to look at this crash in Ethiopia closely to make sure that the software changes would prevent both the Indonesian crash and the Ethiopian crash. O sea que van a arreglar, según ellos, el Boeing, ¿verdad? El, el, el sistema de computación que tenían para ver si arregla esto, pero obviamente después de estos dos incidentes van a tener que de veras examinar y de veras ver exactamente qué es lo que está ocurriendo eh, con ello. Now, the problem here is going to be convincing people yeah. that uh, we want to get on 737s, ¿no? Right. That is a very good problem, a very big problem, rather, and I think Boeing and the FAA will have to work very hard to get the public's confidence back that they're both competent, they know what they're doing, and that they're being honest about the facts that they know about the airplane. Ese va a ser un gran problema porque tienen que ganar la confianza del público de que están actuando de una manera competente y honesta para que el público vuelva a tener confianza y poderse subir a uno de estos aviones. And, and it's been a relative safe aviation era, hasn't it, until now? We've been, we've been lucky, right? It has been very safe. With each, with each generation of new aircraft, more safety systems, more knowledge gets put, put into the design and the operation. And if you look at the record, each new aircraft has a lesser, lower accident rate than the previous aircraft. The 737 uh, MAX is unusual. These two planes that crashed 
given how many flights this airplane has had, gives it a crash rate that's about 25 times higher than the previous generation of 737s. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So so basically, we don't know when they're going to be flying again. But then the big question is going to be, are people going to want to fly in them? And that's going to be a problem, I guess, for Boeing, because right now uh, this is a really black, a big black eye for Boeing, unfortunately. And so we now have to get the confidence back. I wanted to thank you so much. If anybody wants more information on air travel, what's the website? The website is airsafe.com, providing aviation safety and security information since 1996. Ok, el sitio web, si usted quiere más información, se llama airsafe.com, proveyendo información desde 1996 en todo lo que tiene que ver con la seguridad de los viajes aéreos. Mr. Todd Curtis, as always, a pleasure. Thank you so much for being with us today. Appreciate it. Thank you again for having me. Y obviamente, Isabel, el caballero diciendo, ¿verdad?, que ha habido mucha seguridad en los vuelos últimamente, hasta históricamente, pero que eh, en los accidentes e incidentes que tuvieron estos dos eh, aviones, este nuevo 737 MAX 8 tiene precisamente un, una probabilidad o un porcentaje de 25% mayor a lo que es la historia en lo que va de accidentes. La generación previa. Ahora, este sí, ese va a ser el problema, Marcos, el, el recobrar este la confianza. Y yo, yo escuché en varios lugares decir de que estos pilotos, francamente, no tenían no tienen la experiencia adecuada para volar estos aviones. Mm, pues y sí, no, le, el entrenamiento, le, no tanto le, la experiencia, el yeah, entrenamiento. Le, le podemos echar la culpa a los pilotos individuales, pero... Eh, aquí el dilema es de que el FAA, que se supone regular verdad, a la, a la industria, eh, pues está pasando mucho el poder. Oh, claro, Boeing, ¿qué va a decir? No, 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 estamos, no se preocupen, todos súbanse a los aviones. Boeing no fue el que dijo que ya no, que los iban a, que los iban a, a congelar los aviones. Tuvo que ser el gobierno después Pero... de que, después de que Diane Feinstein le insistió al señor Trompetas sí. diciéndole que va a tener mucha sangre en las manos. Interesantemente, muchísimos países lo hicieron inmediatamente. Claro. Y fue los Estados Unidos fue, que se tardó bastante. Y obviamente yo pienso que es por todo por el, el big money. Money, money, money. Guitas. La guita. For more information on airline safety and security, please visit airsafe.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.